You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. What's up, creeps? And welcome to another brand new episode of Brain Stew. You're not going to hear a scream in the background on this episode. Our boy Jeremy is off for the week, so we decided to invite one of our favorite people in the entire fucking world, a guy who's been dodging me about coming on this show for the past year. You're all going to be excited to hear his voice on another episode. It's been so, so fucking long. I'd like to welcome... Our best friend, Gerald, from Two Peas on a podcast. What the fuck is up, brother? Good evening. Uh, uh, uh. How we doing? By the way, I haven't been fucking dodging you. Like, I, my life is hard, brother. Like, I, he, he sent me a message on Twitter. He said, man, fuck Justin. And I Bro, said, yeah, dude, I hear that. I couldn't have you on if I wasn't going to harass you. Every time you come on, uh, the audience expects me to harass you. I enjoy in life harassing you. That's not fair. sexually. Don't don't get well, the wrong don't get the wrong idea here. It's early. Did you yeah. send you a dick picture too? And I said, no, man. That's, that's just <laughs> it's you. my wallpaper. You guys my trying to fucking weird. cancel me or something? Jesus, we're here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Never. Uh, to talk about Renfield. I'm Justin, yeah. and our boy B Ratty is also here cool. this evening. Uh, I don't know when the last time you were on the show. You've like also two been week, two weeks ago, but all right, cool. You've also been kind of. <laughs> that's fine. I missed one episode. Very last clearly week. absent. No, last week. Um, me and Jeremy got to see Evil Dead Rise early, so you had not had the opportunity to see that. So we did a spoiler-free episode. And can we our... go back to shitting on Gerald? <laughs> like this doesn't have to be a shit on <laughs> Listen, me episode. You, you don't even you don't even care about Evil Dead. Let's make that clear. You think I don't Evil, care about Dead, Evil 2, Dead Two? Evil Dead Two does that so. automatically makes you wow. Yeah, sorry, Gerald. Bombs, bombs being dropped out here. The two things I hate most in the horror community are fucking Doug Bradley and Evil Dead 2. Yeah, and those are two of the most beloved things in the entire history of the genre. Thank you very you much. Know, to some people. But Gerald, thanks again, my friend, for joining us for Renfield. This is another Fresh Frights review. Um, I, I kind of feel really bad about what's happening to this movie right now. I mean, shit, dude. It's like dying a very slow death. I mean... It, it was at a bunch of like $65 million, and so far it's only made $10 million. Uh, the Pope's Exorcist beat it at the box office this last weekend. That literally hurts yeah. my soul so, so fucking badly. Gerald, did you did you have a large amount of anticipation for Renfield? I did. I did. Um, you know, I did a most anticipated movies of the year list at the beginning of the year, and it was in my top 10. I mean, I... You know, I think you just hear Nicolas Cage playing Dracula, and I mean, how is it not an anticipated film for you? It's just hearing those words, not knowing anything else about it. I'm also a pretty big Nicholas Holt fan. I love Aquafina. There's a lot of things about this movie that I was really excited about, and I'm sure we'll get into what we liked about it and didn't like about it as the episode goes on. But I am also, I don't know if irritated is the right word, but I'm also just a little distraught at the way... I don't know. It's kind of weird that the horror community hasn't quite rallied around this because usually the Nick Cage fans and the horror fans are kind of somewhere in the middle. They all kind of play together a little bit. So it's kind of weird. 
that it's not, hasn't been a little more successful. So I mean, it it's, 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 it's dream casting. I mean, I feel like the hype on the Internet leading up to its release was pretty strong. I mean, a lot of people were posting that the images of Cage as Dracula. I mean, even the behind the scenes, like set photos when we posted them, got a really big reaction from people. So. I'm slightly shocked. I don't understand why the decision was made to put it up against another horror film um, on its release date and also the week before the new Evil Dead movie coming out. It's just a lot of competition clustered into a very short window theatrically. So, I mean, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, it'll probably be on streaming within a month if I had to guess just because it's flatlining. I mean, to only make, I think, was it like seven million or eight million the first weekend or something? Yeah. I mean, that's not good. It's so, not, not, not good at all. I remember when I, when I woke up on Friday morning and I had seen it Thursday night, I saw that it it made less than a million in its Thursday evening screenings. And I said, that's the worst indication it could possibly get. It, it, like I said, it, it is a major shame. Um, as we talk about the movie, we get into it. You'll, you'll see why. I mean, those that have seen it, the reactions I've seen have all been pretty much the same thing. Um, but Brady... For those uninitiated, since this is your fucking job on this fucking show. Yeah, sure. Even though apparently I miss a bunch of episodes, but that's cool. I still have a job. Yes, do your job, please. Uh, Yeah, so Renfield, in theaters now, is a modern monster tale of Dracula's loyal servant, played by Nicholas Holt, uh, as Renfield, the tortured aide to history's most narcissistic boss, Dracula. Uh, Renfield is forced to procure his master's prey and do his every bidding, no matter how debased. But now, after centuries of servitude, Renfield is ready to see if there's a life outside the shadow of the Prince of Darkness. If only he can figure out how to end his codependency. Directed by Chris McKay, The Tomorrow War, Lego Batman movies, and a screenplay by Ryan Ridley, who I believe did the Rick and Morty series. Um, And then based on an original idea by The Walking Dead and Invincible creator, Robert Kirkman. Well, I mean... That all sounds fine and dandy to me. On paper. But, but Brady, you are our resident classic monster yeah. expert. You're, you're the guy that really, you've got a Dracula tattoo, man. Like you, you love. I, I do. And the Frankenstein's you, monster tattoo. Yeah. So that, that's, that's your shit, man. So why don't you just pop right off here with your initial thoughts on Renfield? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, if you go back to episodes last year, I talked about how I wasn't sure about Nicolas Cage as Dracula uh, because I didn't see him doing a super serious role. Like when a lot of stuff came out, they didn't say it was going to be a comedy movie, um, comedy action more so than horror, I'd say. Uh, so I wasn't sure about it. And then as we saw the trailers, I said, okay, I, I can get behind this with with Nick Cage as Dracula. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Are we doing, this is spoilers, right? Yes, unless right. I indicate spoiler free, which I did not. So yes, we are spilling the beans on this one. You know, I really liked how in the beginning of the movie where it's giving you the backstory, they have Nick Cage and Nick Holt um, kind of like deep faked into the original Dracula movie. Oh, God, yeah. I love my favorite parts. I really fucking love oh, that. So man. I think it started out really strong. And I was like, man, I love this it is- so much, Brady. I'm sorry. To interrupt. I love no, it good. so much that initially for like five seconds i thought it was actual footage yeah. from like old drag like that's how cool they really did such a great job of it and that's yeah. rare to see that done that way it literally like it just nailed it it was perfect yeah that was really cool um so really loved that and i said okay maybe i, I can get behind this and then i liked the take of the codependent relationship and how you know dracula's a narcissist and renfield's trying to break out of his shadow uh i think a lot of it worked for me uh in terms of the action you know was 
watchable and enjoyable and there was a lot of gore in it it wasn't scary at all to me though and we well, i know we'll get to that later um and then you know i i, I think I saw a review that said this movie didn't deserve Nick Cage's Dracula. And I think that sums it up perfectly. And he's just like in anything he touches, he's just so incredible, I guess at this point. And, you know, Justin has said too on the pod (laughs) that, you know, he's just kind of like in this Renaissance where he's, he's playing himself and everything. And so to watch him get on there and just kind of eat up every scene he's in and the dialogue with him is just perfect. Uh, to watch the rest of the movie just kind of fall flat around that. Um, I think it suffered in, in that respect. Um, and then, I, I mean, I can get into more, but that's just initial thoughts. So fun, you know, action comedy, but really lacking horror that I was hoping from it as somebody who loves the, you know, universal monster movies and was hoping that they would incorporate more of that into it. But I get when you're when you're doing a modern take on, on these movies, it, it gets hard to do that. Gerald, how about you, your initial thoughts on Renfield? Well, I think a kind of a similar take, but a little bit of a different angle. First of all, I don't have any Dracula tattoos, but I do have the sweater Get that the Renfield fuck out. wears in the last act of the film. <laughs> they won't pick different colors. Oh, yeah. I should have worn that tonight, actually. You went to Macy's? Yeah. Uh, I did go to Macy's, yes. Um, but for me, like, when I kind of saw the trailer and when the images started rolling out, and obviously we already knew Nick Cage and kind of what he's known for and just – Obviously, he's just a mastermind at just kind of being crazy and eating up scenery. I thought, okay, this is a perfect formula for like a horror comedy, which is what I was fully anticipating. But ironically, my favorite parts of Renfield were like the action sequences. Mm. Like I was never really boisterously laughing in this movie unless it was Nick Cage kind of being over the top. And those were few and far between for me. Like, he was great in the movie, but it was no like, it wasn't constant like cageisms that we're used to in some other films. And you could see that he was kind of trying to be over the top, but when he does it, it's okay. It, it works. Like I love it so much. You know, the scene when he goes to visit Renfield in his apartment after, you know, Renfield's kind of left him behind or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Just this so scene. fucking good, dude. <laughs> Um, but you know, aside from Nick Cage kind of doing his thing for lack of a better way to put it and the action sequences, which I thought were great. I don't know. It it was weird tonally for me. Like it was a horror comedy. And then all of a sudden it was like super serious and like the people were getting murdered in the, in the AA meeting or whatever. And I was like, this is kind of dark, you know, and I didn't really know what the filmmakers kind of wanted us to feel. And then the next scene would try to be hilarious again. And I really I'll just say this, and then I know we'll get into a deeper discussion, Justin, but I feel like this is the kind of movie that, or at least I should say, I hope this is the kind of movie that is probably going to get better for me on each rewatch. Like, I'll Mm -hmm. probably like it a little bit more, you know, the more and more I watch it. You know, I feel that way with, like, Colin Farrell's Fright Night. Like, every time I watch it, I like it a little bit more than I did the last time. that's a good poll. I'll Uh, always use any opportunity available to uh, hold that film up. I mean, over the years, I've definitely become a fan of it. And and, in my initial watch, I remember I was lukewarm towards it. I didn't hate it, but now it's like, I feel like almost every few years, I feel like I want to pop it in. And yeah, so I could definitely see that being something for Renfield as well. Also, Mm -hmm. Justin, before you jump in, yeah, Gerald, I really agree with you because there were a part for me that really stuck out as kind of like wonky in terms of storyline was, you know, there's a lot that didn't get touched on with Renfield's family that they brought up 
towards the mm-hmm. end and how he abandoned his family and he's talking to yeah. um aquafina's character i think it's rebecca quincy and mm-hmm. he's just like yeah you know i feel kind of bad like i abandoned them and then i never saw them again and it's like that's all you hear and like nick right. and dracula uses it at one point to be like you know try to keep him reeled in and be like no you're the bad guy but like i wish they had fleshed that out a little more because mm-hmm. that's more of the backstory with renfield that i was hoping for out of this or why even bring it up yeah, I mean, to your exactly. point it's like because it was literally just like a line that was dropped and it's like we're not going to connect to that because we don't even know what you're talking about yeah like, right i mean i barely even knew he was married aside from just saying his wife a couple times when he was narrating so uh that's a good point too that's something i didn't think about but you're right well that's where i think the film falls flat on many 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 fronts is when it tries to connect the audience in an emotional fashion um, I did not give a single fuck about Aquafina's Rebecca's family, her sister, what happened to her dad. I thought her character was, I mean, as paper thin as it possibly could get. Now, saying that, much like Gerald just said, you kind of know what you're going in for with this type of movie. And on this show over the years, in the history of epic film, guys, we have used the excuse that it's mindless, brainless entertainment that you're going to see. Uh, well, I'm going to pull that one out of my back pocket now because that's what Renfield is. It's literally just a good time at the movies. My only issue is then why even try to bring that emotional connection? Why are you trying to give us these characters that have no depth at all whatsoever? I mean, Renfield as a character, I was interested in. I love Nicholas Holt. Uh, I think he's been, I mean, one of the best up and coming actors for quite some time. I will say this now. Thank the fucking gods that he did not get cast as Batman and Matt Reeves, the Batman. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, I thought he was fantastic in this movie. I did not feel that he and Aquafina had that great of a chemistry together. Um, And I'll say this right now. The tonal shifts were painful at times. And I think a lot of that had to do with the thing that I hated the most about Renfield, which was the terrible script, the dialogue that sounded like it was written by a fucking 12 year old on the playground. I mean, when did Hollywood forget about precision strikes when it came to obscenities? Every other word. And listen, we're not prudes on this show. We use foul language. We've used the fuck word. Uh, a million times on an episode before, but we're not trying to, it, it, this isn't planned. It's not written. It just comes out. And right. in this movie, you hear Ben Schwartz's character. Uh, what the fuck was his name? Lobo? Tedward Teddy, Lobo? Teddy Lobo. Teddy Lobo. Teddy, um, yeah. Did you call him Tedward? <laughs> well, that's what, his, that's what his full name is. The character's name is Tedward. Um, it was unbearable. It was just so painful to listen to every other word. And I just got to the point where I was numb to it. And Aquafina as well. I mean, it's, I don't know anymore if they're just like, hey, you're on set. Loosely use the script and the dialogue in it. Go ahead, go wild with it. I, sometimes I feel like, you know, the last couple of years, they've just, you know, found an excuse to use obscenities rather than writing actual dialogue that is consistent and has meaning to the characters. I just got really annoyed with that. You know, and it felt and and to your point too, the screenplay felt out of touch too, or at least outdated. Like there was a bunch of ska jokes in here and like, (laughs) okay, I got to say when they first brought it up, I did that. That was one of the only jokes that I legitimately kind of funny initially, but I was kind of also kind of like, why are we talking about ska? (laughs) Who the fuck watching this movie now knows what ska is? 
And then uh, at the end, I don't know if you guys called it, but Aquafina was saying that she found the potion or whatever recipe on Tumblr, which doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, I don't think. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, it was weird. The different dialogue that was thrown in there was kind of strange. And to your point, too, with all the like F-bombs and stuff like that, uh, like when they would use the fuck you, Kyle, with the deputy <laughs> cop or whatever, like that was kind of funny, but they didn't keep that going. Like they only used it a couple times. And I don't know, it was, I thought that was kind of a funny well, bit Gerald, that imagine, was kind of continuous throughout the movie. But. Imagine how funny that would have been had they kept it going and pulled back on right. all the other characters constantly saying it. You know, I right. think back, and again, this is old man yelling at the kids in his yard here, but at the same time, it's like, if you look at the best comedies of the 80s and the, I'd say early, mid-90s that were rated R, that used foul language, you'll find when they do say those words, they're pivotal moments in the movie that make sense, and they're hilarious when they do it. It's not something that just comes out every other word. Um, and it also depends on who's saying it you know like mm -hmm. if you're just a, a whoever actor and i'm not shitting on anyone in, in terms of that in the movie but you need to be someone and it needs to be special when you do it and i just felt like you know that aspect of it really brought down the movie for me in a huge way i think after i watched christmas bloody christmas last year it just it, it scarred me for life and i was like Anytime I watch a movie now, I'll immediately notice the language like that. You know, yeah. like, for example, Cocaine Bear. Uh, we didn't review it on the show. I had a blast with it. There's a bunch of foul language in it, but it wasn't on the level that made me feel nauseous. Yeah. So, my my like, main issue with the script was that it, like, force feeds you everything. So I don't need oh, a script. Oh, the that, monologues. Yeah. yeah, I don't need a script that tells me, you know, when they're looking at surveillance and he's like, yeah, we can drop in because we stole NSA's surveillance. So now we can see every move. It's like, you could just say, yeah, we can see him. Like, that's all you have to do. I don't need yeah. that. I don't need to know, you know, this huge long backstory that's drawn out by every single police officer about Quincy's dad. Like, I don't like, you can just be like, yeah, he got killed. Like the first one you do, that's fine. But then you don't have to keep bringing her up or like, well, there was one part where she's talking about single-handedly bringing down the mob. And then, right after the police commissioner is like, what do you expect him to do? Single-handedly bring down the mob? And I was like, are we just going to keep keep doing this? Like, <laughs> that was my thing. So like, I didn't care about the language so much because I guess I'll play devil's advocate here for that. Like that, I feel like that's just how people talk nowadays. Like I have mm -hmm. to be mindful of how much I use the word fuck, like just in my everyday life. Cause like there are times when I go see family or like if I'm at work, I'm like, man, did I just like drop the F-bomb and not even know it? Like, it's just so common for me and my friends now. So that didn't, really ruin anything for me but i get what you're saying like it's it's not effective anymore but i just feel like maybe it's just not effective in general society anymore i, th I think we're I, I mean you know we're gonna do our rankings or whatever later i mean i'll just tell you i mean if i have to choose whether i liked it or disliked it i mean i liked it i liked the movie i just think where it really could have been like awesome stratospheric is if they had really focused on Dracula and Renfield because when Cage Thank and Hole you. were on screen together and when their relationship was the focus of the movie, like I was literally, I could feel myself like perking up in my seat at the theater because like those moments were so awesome, but they equal maybe 20 to 30 minutes of the entire film. So the rest of the stuff with Aquafina and like, I get that the story had to be there for this to be longer than a 20 minute short, but I just wish they had been more prominent together on screen because the Dracula Renfield story, I mean, 
as a horror comedy, it should work. It should mm-hmm. be like, this is a fucking home run. I mean, no questions asked. it's very clear to me that they heavily utilized what we do in the shadows as an influence here. I mean, let's make that mm-hmm. clear. And I love that show. That's one of my favorite shows. I think the show is better than the movie. Um, the, the style to this movie even looks like what we do in the shadow stylistically. Um, but it forgets that what makes that show so hilarious is the relationships with the characters and their banter with one another and the smart writing. So I agree with you 100%. I feel like that relationship should have been so central to the story. And it's kind of an afterthought. If you, if, if you think about it, I mean, the movie opens and he's still, you know, basically waiting on Dracula hand and foot by a couple, like maybe even 30 minutes in the movie, he's already moved out. He's going to this, uh, you know, group therapy and he's convinced that I can, I can kind of move on with my life. So immediately you're no longer subjected to having to see them together, like in his lair, which I felt like the scene that we saw there was fucking awesome. I mean, and and that's where, that's where cages is most Dracula. You know what I mean? It's, it's when you take him out of the, those elements, when you take him out of those environments, rather, it really just starts to kind of, it, it just numbs it down a little bit. And it's, it's not as pure as you're hoping it to be. I mean, I'm wanting cages Dracula. We have him, but I want to see him in Gothic castles. You know what I mean? I want to see him in dark, spooky environments. It is funny to see him. And especially this version of the character, like sitting at his, you know, cheap apartment at the kitchen table that's hilarious um and i have to say i'm um kind of off subject i loved the design of this dracula i loved the wardrobe of this dracula it's very clear that cage had a lot of influence and when the movie opens um you know we see this sequence where dracula gets horribly burned almost killed and the, the makeup job on Cage to make him this hor- horribly disfigured and burned Dracula is fucking awesome. It's some of the best makeup I've seen in a movie in a long, long time. And I'm not hearing anyone talking about that on the Internet when it comes to the yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm not either. And, I, and as I was watching it, I was like, well, I haven't heard more about this. I agree with you. And like the decrepit Dracula, you know, where the like flesh was falling off of him. And yes. And like, Looks like Hellraiser. Like yeah. Was, yeah, that was great. And, I, you know, fuck you up, could see that was Cage under there and you could. You could tell, but yeah, I don't know. I was, I'm just like you. I'm like, why have I not heard about this? I didn't expect it to be this good, you know? So let me ask you guys. I know, Justin, you talked about it a little bit earlier. I mean, I don't really feel like this movie was marketed for horror fans, though. Like, it's got Dracula. It's got, you know, that premise to it. But everything I saw, you know, after the initial, like, we're getting a Nick Cage Dracula movie. It was very clearly, it seemed like it was going for the What We Do in the Shadows, which I would argue is more of, the comedy fans now yeah i mean what point. we do in the shadows it's it's horror based in terms of that they're vampires and they live in a spooky house and they eat people but there's nothing scary about yeah. what we do in the shadows and that's something that followed through on this movie there's they try like half-heartedly at the end of the movie one little sequence tr- trying to you know make it a dark spooky scene with Dracula, but there's nothing scary about anything in the movie. There's not one sequence that's there to terrify or to give you a jolt. And that was really disappointing to me. You have a perfect opportunity too with like his lair at the abandoned hospital or apartment complex where, you know, he's got like the blood bags into his throne and it's kind of shadowy and great. I just felt like, 
yeah, I, but I feel like it fell flat too. Like they just kind of missed an opportunity. And and when he is, you know, picking off the Lobo's henchmen well, while Teddy's there, like it didn't feel scary to me. It just, it felt yeah. like an action movie. It felt like the Matrix, you know? Yeah. Felt and, like- that's a du- and I agree with you. I agree with both of you. I think it's a double-edged sword too, because it's like, you're disappointed that the horror is missing, but I was also pleasantly surprised by the action sequences. Like, you know, the one at the apartment complex when him and Aquafina are leaving. Holy and, fuck. Yeah, the fucking kills in that scene are great. And then we get a similar kind of deal when he first meets her in that bar where they're really good at fight choreography and everything in that scene. So I was, wasn't really expecting the action sequences to be that good, but I also wish, I mean, you're right. N- nothing in this movie was scary. They could have at least like, had one sequence. I feel like that, that was yeah. actually scary. Cause all the shit you just mentioned, Gerald, especially, that apartment complex sequence for me is the standout. It's my favorite yeah, sequence yeah. in the entire movie. It is, yeah, um, and, and Dracula's not even there in the sequence. And know? also, at what point, other than drinking out of a martini glass, do we see him sucking blood out of someone's neck? When? You see him eat a finger, you see him drinking out of a martini glass of eyeballs, but you don't see him chewing on, on someone's neck. Later on in the movie, you see him, whose neck is he biting at the end? Is it Teddy? He grabs, no, some, yeah. he, he grabs somebody and he wraps his mouth around their lips. I think it might be implied, but I don't yeah, know that but we you actually don't, I don't ever think you actually saw him. it. Yeah, I don't know. I swear I was sober when I saw <laughs> the movie. I mean, maybe, I, mean, I just don't recall. Yeah, you, you could be right. I just, I remember going through the movie being like, all right, well, like, cool, there's blood there, there's a finger there, there's here. The, you know, well, you don't see, here. like, you definitely don't see a close-up of him, like, with those really strangely designed fangs, by yeah. the way. Those are really You see his, his fangs going through Renfield's hand as he's trying to mm-hmm. bite someone. Mm-hmm. But that was the most that I saw with his teeth, which I feel like even if you're going to, going to go the comedy action route, you could still like have one scene where you see the teeth going in at someone's. Did neck. you guys like the teeth? I thought they looked cool, but you no. can clearly tell that like I mean not really, but they, I appreciate that it was different. You they know? gave him it like was... a kind of a lisp sound to his voice, so anytime <laughs> he talked, it sounded like he was spitting shit all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, could no, see I, that. I, I wasn't a huge fan. I think initially when I saw them, I said, oh, man, that's kind of cool. And then as the movie went on, I said, no, I'm, it's not for me. I mean, yeah. they clearly I mean, I know how big of uh, an influence that Christopher Lee and Bill Lugosi had on this interpretation. He had said sure. in interviews that he wanted to be like a California Claus Kinski. So it's like this heightened, almost like rad version of Dracula a little bit like he's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say hipster, but I mean, um uh, I, I agree with what you were saying earlier on, Gerald, that it, it's kind of a bummer that we didn't see him in a different movie. I mean, I, I liked the movie for what it was, but it's a double-edged sword, like you said, in the, in the sense that I loved all of the action stuff. But the majority of that didn't even have really any Dracula. I mean, we, it had a little bit. Um, and also, like, do we really need, like, this weird drug dealer gangster backstory fucking thing? I mean, you need cannon fodder you need characters to kill off you know you just need disposable henchmen i get that so i guess that was their their way of like well we'll just have them be drug dealer gangsters you know the most generic fucking drug dealer gangsters ever put into a movie um and i didn't really mind it all that much but i just felt like man and especially all the stuff with the police station and aquafina's character like i just couldn't wait to be past that shit i was like none of that at all mattered to me whatsoever. I get that they're trying to make a movie. Let's make a movie. But it just, that shit all fell flat entirely for me. 
I agree. I mean, it's kind of like what Brady said earlier too, where it's like, it, it just wasn't believable either with mm-hmm. that stuff. Like I know we're in a Dracula film, so I'm not trying to be that guy, but it's just like the entire police force of new Orleans is like behind this. They're all crooked. Mob- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like what? And Aquafina's the solo person that's like going, it just didn't make any sense. And it was kind of unbelievable in that way. And, it was also weird how easy Dracula kind of got in with him at the end too, just for convenience sake, I guess. But I mean, I, I'll just say like, I don't really kind of what I was going to say about what Brady said earlier. I don't really know who they were pitching this to in their mind because it's all over the place in terms of like what demographic may enjoy this. Yeah. Renfield and Dracula's relationship of a hundred years or whatever, and being, being his servant for that long and, going you know we saw the flashback scenes in the beginning with the with the crazy blood orgies and shit it's like you couldn't come up with a story over that course of time with these two characters and have them be the central focus like i don't know it's just weird like i don't know where the script kind of took the wrong turns to kind of get us off the track that we really should have been on and then aside from that my other major gripe is just the lack of quote unquote horror like i mean obviously this is horror centric but to me, it's more of an action movie with bits of horror and comedy in it. Uh, I would categorize this as an action comedy. I got to be yeah, honest with Dracula. I would in too. It. Um, yeah. You know what, guys? I, I, I totally just realized as we were sitting here discussing this movie, um, where the fuck is the sexiness of mm-hmm. this movie? Where everything about Dracula has always been sexy, going all the way back to the original dracula film starring really Bella just vampires in general i mean yeah. you yeah. look at francis ford coppola's dracula movie and it's it's just pure sexy i mean and not saying you had to have sex in the movie but there's there's not a sexy character in the movie there's not any and i'm not saying we need like hot naked women or hot naked men walking around but it felt like it was prude you know what I mean? Like Dracula's always had that romanticism to him. Brady, I'm sure you could agree with me on that. And none of that really was implied at all whatsoever. He was just like this creature that hung out in the dark. And you know what I mean? I I just didn't see this version going out. You know, he, he wants Renfield to bring him victims. But in my view, I've always just thought of Dracula's going out and enjoying his prey and playing with it, you know? Yeah, no, I mean... I agree. Like you, I, you really don't need grotesque nudity or anything like that in this movie, but you have to, like he was charismatic in every iteration of Dracula. He had the charisma that was able to take him and influence people and get what he wanted to, to have. And I understand that Renfield is now for some reason, the only way he can get food. Um, I, you know, they go through the whole plot line of like, you know, he gets full power, people hunt him he gets burned and then he has to recover and then he has to be fed but you know there are parts of the movie where he's up and walking around and there is no sexiness there's no allure to him there's just him being this strong man narcissist uh that can control renfield that way and they try to show him controlling you know quincy that way later on but it, it doesn't work and that's where it kind of fell flat too like if it's dracula he has power over you you know you're not going to be able to say no. He doesn't need Renfield outside of his initial stages of coming back. And yeah, they, they lost it. And I do think that Nick Cage could have really done something 
with his own sort of charisma and sexiness to it. Um, but I think it just speaks to the larger issue with the movie where the, the script just really doesn't play to the strengths that these characters, they had potential for. Do you and think, just, not to cut you off there, do yeah. you think there's a possibility that the people that wrote this movie Sunk. don't understand the character of Dracula? Yeah, I think- Or that the core can, of what makes the character who he is? Yeah, I think that you can get into- you know, one vein of that is that you want to make your own thing and you want it to be very different than what has been made. And you don't want to make the same mistakes as, you know, the Dark Universe did with The Mummy in 2017, which you ended up doing in this movie. Uh, or you get so lost in the sauce that you completely forget what made those characters great to begin with. And I think it it suffered from both. I just yeah, I think I mean, that they they wanted to do something different with it, and they thought that they realized what made Dracula great, and it, they just they whiffed. I just wonder if this version was written for Nick Cage, because then you're in a situation as a you know, producer, or a movie studio, or director, where you're like, I've got Nick Cage. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm not gonna lie. I mean, when I heard Nick Cage was playing Dracula, I would have seen this no matter what the hell people were saying about it. Mm. Um, you know, just because I'm one of those guys that wants to see him do anything that's going to chew scenery. So, which is pretty much everything these days. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys know the facts behind that, but I feel like if they knew that when they started writing the screenplay, then they probably just didn't really care about the lore. Cause they thought well, we've got Nick cage to play this iconic, you know, character. It's not going to matter. As far as In terms of goes. looking up the behind the scenes. I mean, it sounds like the initial concept was just, horror comedy with Dracula. It was very apparent that what we do in the shadows was a major influence to them. Um, sure. But it sounds like that, you know, that they just brought on Nick Cage later on. So I don't okay. believe that it was written for Nick Cage in mind. Cause I think it's they clearly, started developing it right before he started to make as big of a comeback as he's had. That's almost more disappointing then. Cause it's clear that kind of like what you guys have been saying, they just didn't care about the lore of Dracula really. You know, it was just like, he, he was just there in name pretty much. You know, the sexiness was missing, the historical aspect. I mean, the stuff that we've been talking about was all kind of missing. And, there, and there's definitely, the shadows there. I feel like there's definitely a way to mold those things together. You could have had the best of both worlds. I love what Cage did with the character in the movie. I mean, he did as yeah. much as he possibly could oh, with the, the material that he was provided. And I think maybe he ad-libbed some of that shit in there. You could tell a lot of his mannerisms and his movements and stuff. He really did so much homework and how he wanted to portray his version of Dracula in this material, in this movie with this tone. Um, I mean, anytime he wasn't on screen minus the action sequences, I just couldn't wait to see him again. So at least in his performance and bringing Nick cage into this project, it made me excited when I was watching the movie to see more of what he was going to do as Dracula. I just feel like they kind of squandered it in the end. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff that he's, he does, but at the same time, it just felt like you could have done. I mean, literally, I'm saying it out loud, but hear my words. You have Nicolas Cage as fucking Dracula. You know, do you have so much potential with what you could do with that? And, you know, while the movie is extremely fun, it is brainless entertainment, you know, it doesn't quite get anywhere near close to where it could. Now the audience score currently on Rotten Tomatoes, 80%, which is really good, which means the people that are seeing it are enjoying it. Critics, yeah. you know, the majority of critics shit all over this. And I saw someone on Twitter today say like, it's a shame that it's bombing. Critics must hate fun. And I, 
commented, not all of us do, you know, mm. those yeah, I mean, of it's us not that an, it's not an, fun. It's not an unfun movie. I just, I mean, let me, let me pitch this to you guys. And this is super basic, but like same actors and everything, Nick Cage, Nicholas Holt. So those are Dracula and Renfield. They're doing their thing. He's bringing victims to Dracula, everything we know. Right. And then one girl that Dracula wants to be a victim, Nicholas Holt falls for and he's in love with. So then he's trying to like save her from Dracula and he's trying to root. You know what I mean? That could be a story where the two of them are like almost always involved. We don't need the mobster shit. We don't need Aquafina as the one cop trying to save a city that's completely unbelievable. Like it's just a very poor screenplay. Like it, I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. It doesn't take away from the overall enjoyment. Like I still enjoyed the movie, but I think if this had been an actor I'd never heard of or whatever playing Dracula, I probably would have hated this movie. Like I love Nick Cage is attached to it. I love what he did with the character. I love Nicholas Holt. Hell, I even like Ben Schwartz from the Parks and Rec days. Like I really yeah. like seeing him in this movie. I like Ben Schwartz as Sonic the fucking hedgehog. As right. Sonic, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't, so I don't there's dislike a lot of the things guy. I like. But. I just didn't like the way he played that character and how that character was written. Um, but no, it's true. And you know what? I have to give major props to Nicholas Holt. I mean, the fight choreography in the movie was fantastic. We know that most likely a stunt guy did the majority of the hard shit, but you can see him right there, you know, in the nitty gritty, you know, throwing punches, doing kicks. I saw that awesome behind the scenes footage that was posted, uh, I think somewhere on social media before the movie came out of him doing that slow motion punch into the prop head and the, the blood exploding everywhere. He yeah, literally punched cool. the prop and it was, it's fucking cool. I mean, there's scenes in the movie like that. I mean, when he rips the arms off the henchmen and then like stabs through them, I'm like with his yeah, own yeah, arms, yeah. I fucking jumped out of my yeah. chair cheering. I was clapping for that. So the movie's not without its amazing moments. I think it has, you know, the blood gore and the fight scenes in spades, you know, the restaurant sequence as well. Um, really fun. I didn't think anything at the end was really anything too great. I mean, we live in a world, ladies and gentlemen, where John Wick 4 just came out and that exists, you know, that just set the bar for everything else that's going to come after it. So, I mean, just hold your expectations in check. I mean, it's going to be really hard to touch anything that happened in that movie. It's interesting to think, guys, that the last couple of years, we've had these movies in the action genre that just keep upping the ante, you know, last year with Top Gun Maverick this year, John Wick four. Um, I mean, in an action world, like we're literally living in a renaissance of amazing films. And, you know, so I thought the stuff here was really well done. I don't think it's anything, you know, that is going to go down in the record books, but it was well done. It was enjoyable. That was fun. Um, but it sounds like guys that were all kind of on the same page that the movie, while enjoyable on surface level, which is exactly what it's trying to be, um, just didn't work overall and kind of lacked a lot of things that could have made it a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know we're probably going to get into final thoughts, but for me, it's like if you the scenes without Nick Cage and without the action, if if those aren't there, this is a 10 out of 10 movie, like with just those things, but it's also like a 30 minute movie. So they just didn't fill the holes properly. Like it was just kind of all over the place tonally. And I never really knew if I was supposed to be like, are they expecting me to be scared or do they want me to be fearful for these characters? Am I supposed to be laughing? Like it just seemed, it had weird shifts throughout the movie where I just didn't really know what, the filmmaker wanted me to feel as an audience member. Um, 
but there was enough for me to take away from it, predominantly Nick Cage and Nicholas Holt, that I would say that at the end of the day, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and very interestingly, at, at the end of my screening, the whole crowd applauded. Like it had an ovation from people. People were like standing up and cheering. And I don't know if they just, because at my screening, some local brewery came and brought like, you know, you had to buy it, but it was like this blood red cider shit. So it was like, oh, okay. hey, drink this, you know, alcoholic cider and, and get all hyped up for the movie. Um, but, you know, I, I have to give props as well to the technical stuff, production design, art direction, costume design. All of that shit was amazing. And, you know, I love my boy, Marco Beltrami, who did the score. I really enjoyed his music. I mean, I feel like when it comes to horror movies, anytime he does work in a lesser quality horror movie, you still notice that, that it's a great score. Um, But I mean, everything else, guys, I just, you know, I might as well get into final thoughts here on this thing. And and we're going to have to get to trash it or treasure it. So, Brady. Mm hmm. Your final thoughts on Renfield, my friend. Yeah, you know, I think it's been summed up pretty well throughout this whole episode, but it, it's definitely, you know, lacking horror, more of an action comedy. Um, you know, I, I think Nick Cage is great. I think Nick Holt is great. Uh, I think that the movie, like Gerald said, it, it should have been something entirely different centered just around them with, you know, a couple characters here throughout for fodder. Um, overall, I don't think that they were enough to keep this movie afloat for me. Um, and given how much else I found completely wrong with the movie and what they got wrong with Dracula, I would have to go with, I have to trash it. Oh, um, wow. You're going to trash it. I'm going to trash it because, you know, I'm sure if I watch this movie, maybe 30 more times over the next six months, I'd find more stuff that I like about it, but I just don't want to. Like, I, I feel like I said it earlier. I think they just whiffed on the concept. And I think, Honestly, they're probably too scared after what happened with the mummy and then Dracula untold that they don't want to botch another Dracula movie. Um, and I mean, I think all three of us on here loved Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man. I think that did really great things for this cinematic universe. And then nothing else happened. You know, we heard something about Wolfman. We where the know where fuck is my Lee Winnell directed Wolfman movie with Ryan? Gosling? God <laughs> damn it. It's the uh, only thing in that? the world that I wanted and it's not happening now. And then I think that the studio just probably wanted to go more of a, a comedy route because, I mean, the, the Visible Man was pretty heavy. And this is what you get. And I, I just, I don't think that it did the lore of Dracula any justice. And I think that this is probably one of my least favorite um, representations of Dracula. Because I was about to say, Brady, there's a lot of fucking Dracula movies and there's a lot of shitty Dracula movies. Yeah, but I feel like most of the shitty Dracula movies can still that I've seen at least. I haven't seen them all, so I can't say all of them. Um at least stick closer to who Dracula is or at least the essence of Dracula than this one did. So, oh, very fair. And before I get before I get to mine, Gerald trash it or treasure it, my friend. Yeah, I you know, I've only been on this iteration of Brain Stew a couple times, and this is the closest to that, like, barrier between trash and a treasure that I've been. But I am a bit biased. I don't know what it would take for me to trash a Nicolas Cage movie. So I'm going to have to treasure it. But I, I'll just say that 10 years from now, like, this is probably like a 6 out of 10 for me right now. 10 years from now, this could be like an 8 or a 9. I just feel like if I watch this 
once a year or every couple of years. I'm going to like it a little bit more and a little bit more. Uh, not to be argumentative to Brady's point, but I feel like this is no. One of please the be better... argumentative to Brady's point. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I feel like this is one of the more enjoyable versions of Dracula that I've seen, just because of how he, when he was on screen. Now the dedication to the writing, kind of underneath his character, sucked, and no pun intended. Hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I think that's <laughs> what you were getting to suck at. Your blood. But I just love what Cage did with it. And had he not been in this movie, I mean, this would have been a fucking, literally a dumpster fire. I mean, him and, and Nicholas's Holt's kind of dedication to Renfield and the, and the action sequences really saved this movie. But I do feel like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll still be doing this in 10 years, Justin. We can kick it around and do a revisit or something. But I feel I'd like this to. is one of those, I feel like this is one of those movies that you watch it five, six, ten more times. And you probably will like it a lot more than we're sitting here right now. So that's my thought. And for that reason, and because I love Nick Cage, I'm going to treasure it. Hmm. You are correct in saying that it's really difficult to shit on and trash a Nicolas Cage movie. And that's saying something because Nicolas Cage has made a lot of trash movies. <laughs> uh, you know, I would dare say the majority of his movies You're are not wrong. in that category. But you know what? I've always loved Nicolas Cage. He's always been one of my favorite actors. I feel like even in the worst movies that he's in, he's still interesting to watch and still giving his all. Yeah. Uh, and I never feel like a lot of people are like, oh, they just slept walk through that movie, you know, a paycheck movie. Uh, maybe it is a paycheck movie, but at the same time, I, I never felt like he's that actor doing that. He still treats the material in a serious fashion. And um, as much as we did want to see more of that quintessential classic Dracula, I like that his Dracula is a little bit different. He plays it with a little bit more swagger and it is more comedic. It's not, he is threatening, but you don't feel scared of him in the same way. Like when you watch Coppola's Dracula, you are terrified of Gary Oldman. I mean, yeah. the dude permeates menace on every fucking scene and he's just like standing there. Um, minus the funny, you know, hair and everything, but um, um, you know, I also, this would be very similar to what Gerald said. This would be on my lowest possible passing rating if we were doing one out of 10 still on the show, but I am going to treasure it just for the mere fact that, you know, the sheer audacity of having Nicolas Cage as Dracula. And it's something that when originally announced made me so excited. And, you know, the movie is nowhere near where it could have been, where I think it should have been in terms of all the things we discussed, but it's still a mindless, brainless, fun time at the theater. And I think based on that reaction I saw from our crowd, and then I turned to my wife, who likes typically likes movies on a surface level as entertainment, she turned to me and said, I loved it. And you know, that's, I think, the reaction people are having with this. So I would definitely tell anyone listening to this, if you spoiled the whole movie for yourself and you haven't watched it yet, <laughs> to go watch it. Um, but if you have seen the movie, please comment on the post on social media, wherever you're seeing this episode posted, what you thought of the movie. I It pains me to not see more people talking about it. You wouldn't saw The Pope's Exorcist instead. I mean, I know it's Russell Crowe. I know it's fat Russell Crowe riding around on a Vespa. I get it, dude. I, 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 I guess I see the allure behind that. But, dude, it's fucking Nicolas Cage's Dracula, man. And what we do in the shadows is a really popular show. So when thinking about who this was marketed to, I really don't know. Because it doesn't feel like it's marketed to, yeah. like, my kid's age, it's like, late teens. really surprising. Or, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe us, like me and you, Gerald, like old men. Like, you know, late 30s, 40s, 
Brady, you're in your, I don't know, man. your, your 20s. So it's like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, you're a huge, say. you're a huge Dracula fanatic, Brady. I mean, were you pumped for this? You were, right? Uh, yeah. Like once everything started coming out and I saw what kind of movie it was, I was very pumped for it because I'll, I mean, I'll see any Dracula movie, any Wolfman movie, anything like that that they come out with. I'll go see it and I'll get hyped for it. But I don't know. It's just, it, I felt like very let down by it. I think the tough thing that this movie obviously didn't overcome for, you know, at least the critical community and most of us on this, on this show is that this isn't really a Dracula movie, but we kind of still think of it that way. Cause you've mm-hmm. got Nick cage playing Dracula, but this is really a Renfield movie. I thought Nicholas Holt did great. Uh, you know, I love him as an actor and I thought he really brought his a game to this movie and Nicholas cage never misses in my opinion, even in the shitty movies, like Justin said, I just, I fucking just love him. Like I just, whether I'm laughing at him or with him, I'm always enjoying him on screen, even if the movie's fucking horrible. So I, I don't know. It's hard because it's like not a Dracula movie, really. But it's not. And I remember people that way. I remember people when it was first announced, people were like complaining and arguing with one another. Like it's Renfield movie. It doesn't matter <laughs> if Dracula's only in it 25 minutes. And I'm like, yeah. well, OK, but we as fans, you, we want to see that chemistry with one yep. and they had Holt and Cage had beautiful chemistry yep. with one another on screen they were great you know you could tell they really worked hard at that so it, it's yeah. it, even though it's not a Dracula movie we do think of it in the back of our mind as one and it is a shame we didn't get to see more of that relationship but boys that is it on this Fresh Fright review for Renfield Gerald for our listeners if there's anyone out there because we have received a lot of new listeners in the past year or so that have not heard of you and what you do for two peas let them know what your show is and where they can find your podcast and your YouTube videos absolutely well the podcast is our is a top five format so we just do top five countdowns Justin's been on many many times yeah and we just count down in the world of movies music TV pop culture mostly movies yeah, but what I've been really directing people to as of late is my YouTube channel. I do a lot of current movie reviews on there, a lot of fun projection videos and, and countdown lists and trailer reactions and all kinds of stuff. So I'm trying to increase my presence over there. So make sure you check me out. But it's on YouTube, it's just two P's on a pod. And that's TWO spelled out. You can find me really anywhere under that. You know, handle. Gerald, that your YouTube channel should have been called The Horror Guy, right? I thought about it, but that's got to be out there, though, right? That, yeah. that has to exist. Yeah, but we'll just find just the guy, yeah, go to his house, it. and kick his ass, and then you'll have it. It'll be <laughs> What's he going to do? Kill him, get his URL, and then I'm in, right? <laughs> Yo, bro, you know that horror guy thing? Oh, yeah, that's, that's not happening anymore, man. Yeah, I, yeah. Gotta, I gotta take that. Oh, dude. <laughs> yes, <yeah, so laughs> thanks, thanks for having me, guys. It was a blast. Of course, man. We're so glad to have you. We, we totally missed you on the show, and I know our listeners just love hearing you on any iteration, iteration rather, of... of Epic Film Guys Brains Do, whatever the fuck we're calling ourselves in the episodes that we're, we're doing. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening to our show, you can find us on social media literally anywhere at Epic Film Guys on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. We're literally everywhere. So we miss you, Jeremy, on this episode, but we're going to be doing our full spoiler review of Evil Dead Rise on our next episode. Be looking out for that one. Cannot wait. Hey, what? quick, Justin, in case Jeremy listens back, somebody mentioned The Thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Jeremy really loves The Thing. There's the that thing movie. The Thing came out. Yeah. John Carpenter. With uh, uh, Kurt Russell's in it. 
they're in the snow. Yeah, Keith David. There's yeah. a dog and shit. It runs around. There's a helicopter trying to shoot it. it I didn't it, want an episode to go by, so let's just make sure. Yeah, apparently it's a good movie. <laughs> Sharp, Gerald. But yeah. until next time, I'm Justin. And be ready. I'm G Money. Yeah. And as always, we like to ask you to keep it creepy. I want to suck your blood, bitch.